Aloha, and welcome to another Candid Conversation. Today we're joined by Sonia Law from Australia. Sonia is a regular bloggist with us, and we value tremendously her wisdom and thinking on all matters, human relations. And today we're going to try and take on a subject that's near and dear to my heart, which is the performance reviews that we should be conducting every year with every employee in a, a, a manner that will help them um, achieve their potential, which everybody knows is what my mission in life seems to be. Welcome, Sonia. Glad to, you could be with us today. Thank you so much, Ron. Uh, thank you for the opportunity and definitely like to acknowledge um, the knowledge and wisdom of yourself as well. Um, so I notice in a lot of podcasts sometimes it's, it feels like you know, the, the guest is always speaking, but of course, um, yeah, love to hear from you as well because <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, I, I used to tease people at the beginning of a class. <laughs> you know, we have we have night uh, entertainers, Johnny Carson, Jack Parr, and different people today that have a late night show. It starts at after the news at 11 or 1130. And it used to be, I'd, I'd start the class saying, this is not the late night shows. This is intended to be a dialogue. This is not a monologue. This is not me talking at you. We're talking with yeah. each other. And dialogue happens to be a Greek word. <laughs> Which means yeah. flow of meaning. It's, oh, so, really? Yeah. So there's 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 all I I have all manner of idiotic little things in the in the uh, oh, that's the, the kit. actually brilliant <laughs> in the kit. Yeah, it's it it really is. It's um, so it's it's a flow of meaning. About a month or two ago, you wrote a blog about year end re reviews, which mm -hmm. I found really touched me. And a lot of people um, made comments about it. So I'd, I'd like to, you've got an interesting background, bunch of different companies, manufacturers, distributors, uh, high intellect companies, hardworking companies, everything in between. What, what do you see or feel the needs are for employees and their bosses or HR uh, to review individual employees and performance. How critical is that in, in the life, in the work life? Yeah, it's, um, it's very, uh, it's very critical. It's, we need alignment between the people and the work that needs to be done to achieve the strategy. So it's, it's the number one, you know, strategic competitive advantage when you can unlock the potential of all all people. It's, it's very very important um, to have an organization without people. Uh, it's an obvious thing you, you can't get anything done. Often, what happens is um, there's not clear direction from management. Um, there's a number of factors for that too. Um, and there's not always um, a feedback loop between the, the manager and employees on a consistent basis. Um, also, one of the things organisations don't do very well is sort of celebrate. Um, 
the achievements and the value and the work that that people do and often the end of year or mid-year performance review is a great opportunity to reflect back on the previous six months or 12 months and and actually acknowledge their value within the organization and recommit that person to the purpose and to the strategy and their role in it because we get very caught up in operations in our own you know sort of role blinkers on um it's management's role to actually let that person know um what their contribution is and what their value is because most most people uh want to be part of something bigger than themselves um you know and be proud of what they do and uh what they're doing as a, a team and an organization so it's a really good opportunity to sit down and acknowledge those things as well as ask people um you know what the roadblocks are um they may also have some um ideas about innovation so some efficiencies or some continuous improvement ideas around how they could do their job better or what they've seen so it's a great opportunity for that as well um it's also a great opportunity to ask them if they would like to do some more training they want to learn something new that's going to help them to be better at their jobs or more interested in their jobs um that's another great thing to do at those sort of end of year reviews as well as um open up feedback to the managers how they could do things better so to say to you know say to the person you know how can I as a manager um you know help you to perform in your job is is great to do um but unfortunately um that doesn't tend to happen and the other thing sorry is um it's good to in that conversation talk about challenge and stretch as well what I'm hearing from a lot of people lately is they're in a job they're happy they're well paid it's kind of easy um but they're not being challenged or stretched so they actually want to leave that organization (laughs) to actually find something that challenges and stretches them uh so that's always a good thing to do as well as a manager um which unleashes another sort of unrealized potential within the organization and when we when we don't capture as leaders potential it really hits the bottom line in terms of productivity and um efficiency so it's always thinking about how can i how can i be of service as a manager or leader um to the people within my charge how can i sort of you know take take care take care of that um it's rather remarkable, you know, what you just rattled off was like the index of a doctoral thesis. <laughs> with, with, uh, yeah, no, no, no joke. And, and started and ended with potential. So maybe we should break these things down a little bit more. Talk to me about potential and each individual employee. You, you, you. You talked to that right at the very beginning of employee reviews. What what were you meaning with that? What what do you mean by trying to get to the employee's potential? Yeah, um, something um, new I've been thinking about is potential and diversity. This diversity is a big topic. Um, a diversity. Um, potential and the, and what I'm sort of leaning towards with potential and diversity is that sometimes as managers and leaders, we we don't 
we don't we have a barrier ourselves in terms of diversity so something's kind of stopping us from really appreciating that person's different perspective or their different experience and when we when we're aware of that and we explore that a little bit deeper we can unlock the potential of the person so sometimes what we do is we put people kind of in boxes because it it enables us to make sense of the world so you know but that's limiting that's a limiting sort of thinking to have so when we're actually looking at when we have sitting down at end of year review and that person's been working there for 20 years they're not the same person as when they started to where they are at now there's a continuum in life so it's treating each end of year review or mid-year review like you're meeting this person for the first time it's a practice which a manager or leader needs to do where you literally wipe the slate clean and you ask questions almost like you're going into a job interview again because the person's changed and they've grown within the organization um yeah i mean it's a deep concept um, but it's a practice as a HR manager I would do when I'd sit down with someone and I would consciously say to myself, I know I've put this person in a box in terms of performance and potential and I know a lot about their history, but I'm actually going to put that aside right now and I'm actually going to hold a space for this person and assess them like I'm looking at them for the first time and I'm going to ask them questions, yes, I already know the answer to, but that's that's kind of the mother of all evil to assume people's performance or potential. So it's about extracting, you know, within that conversation by actually just acknowledging us, you know, our own sort of as human beings to make sense of the world, we put people into boxes. So looking at um, looking at the person sort of with, I guess, with fresh eyes. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that bias. Yeah, and, and, definitely. And, and it's it's a very, I think, important point that we we need to go into the discussion with the employee as if we don't know them, because our biases and assumptions and experiences overpower where that person is. The, the, the year-end review, mid-year review, to me, is all about the employee. It's not about the boss. Correct. <laughs> and and yes. many times. Most times, I don't believe the boss, the person who is conducting that year-end review, knows how to do it. Yeah, yes, true. And, and as a result of that, they don't want to do it. They find it intimidating. Have you have you experienced that or seen that? Yeah, they just want it over and done with and tick the box and then send it to HR and then it comes back with very limited sort of feedback or, um, yeah, that almost just want to go and do all the talking, uh, tick it off and then go back to what they're doing because they're uncomfortable uh, with having conversations about um, some of the barriers they might be experiencing, uh, professional or personal development, um, conflict within the workplace, um, delivering feedback. These are things. You know, this, those skills, um, you know, are really important. But a lot of managers actually just don't like to do it, don't don't want to do it. Why, why, do, you, job. why do you think <laughs> that is? I kind of, it opens them up. They won't always have the answers. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, it, <laughs> we, we have to be vulnerable yes. to each other. Yes. If, it, if I ask you what you think I could do to improve my relationship with you as a worker of mine, yes. that employee has to trust me implicitly, explicitly, if they're going to tell me the truth. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know that there's many, I don't know that that kind of trust exists. I, I, I get a paycheck. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to do anything, say anything that's going to jeopardize that paycheck. Yeah. I need that paycheck. 60 to 80% of the world work, lives from paycheck to paycheck and they haven't got any room for error. Yeah. So they're they're coming at this thing nervously, anxiously. Yes. The boss is kind of what a pain in the butt. I got to check the box. I got to do this this afternoon at three o'clock. I'm busy. Don't they know that? And, yeah. and we're we're on the wrong foot right from the get go. There's a power disparity in that relationship, as you describe, and that's what makes it really difficult. And it's also. Um, in the workplace and it might be in your boss's office and yeah so there's a lot of things and you walk in that door and you know it reads there the manager so they must be the expert you know and you're thinking about gosh I just want to get home tonight and you know take home a paycheck I don't want to be losing my job by saying the wrong thing so all of that yeah survival mode you know fear you know that's a that's a topic I'm really exploring at the moment is is um is fear and uh how to overcome it because what you're talking about it's a story that we tell ourselves it's a narrative as we're walking into that performance review that's probably going to stop us from opening up and the way that managers and leaders can overcome that is that they're having um conversations with the people that work with them on a, on a daily basis that that builds trust and that builds that open dialogue as you say um so that it's not too foreign a concept there's already the trust established this is something we normally do so it's a safe environment or psychologically safe um so you're more likely to get the sharing of ideas um and to work more collegiately as a team um rather than and come up with solutions rather than have that you know power imbalance you, you know you're fearing Leader, leadership is is um is at the root of this ultimately and a lot of leaders in the industries around which i work are, are and and it's a very chauvinistic industry as you well know um they're they're not known for being warm, cuddly people. No. They're very direct. They they uh, there's a lot of four letter words. The conversation yeah. is laced with all kinds of interesting things. Yes. So what is what's this 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 finding out what the person? But that's that's a that's soft stuff. That doesn't have any yeah. place in my yeah. world. Yeah. Is that 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 tractor working or not? You going to fix it or Absolutely. not? How long is it going to take? You know, have you got that part or not? What's the matter with you? 100 percent That's our experience, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the other side of that though is it perhaps the way that we break this thing down a little bit better is to have somebody from HR conduct those year-end reviews with 
the leaders. Yes. Maybe in, you know, if, if we look at the fourth quarter is when these things take place, and it's it varies in different world jurisdictions and, and geographies and economies. But if we look at the fourth quarter, October 1st to January 1st, is the period during which we have a formal discussion about what that employee wants to do differently, what's standing in the way from the employee doing a better job, what would the employee like to do if they want to try to do something different than they are doing, Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the hassles that they have with the job, the system, the people, the coworkers, the environment, uh, whatever it is? Yes. And and establish that almost as critically as sales goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If the, if we don't have the team members that are looking after our customers in alignment with us. In 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 harmony with us as to what we're trying to get done, yep. nothing's going to happen. Yes, no decisions will be made, and we won't be performing against our objectives. Um, you need need focused organisations to perform, and there needs to be really clear feedback when we're doing things well and when we're not doing things well. Um, I have. I have an appreciation definitely for mining, construction, um, in that people are straight with each other. They're very down to earth. It's very black and white, and that's actually a helpful thing. Um, And I don't think that's so much an issue because I think that people know where they stand and and we we appreciate the honesty. Um, it's It's just opening up that conversation to, to more than just sort of ticking a list, ticking a box that we actually just explore for a minute. How can we help this person to do their job better? And if we do that, then it's going to flow through to, you know, an increase in revenue per headcount. So with the people that we have, the headcount we have and the resources we have, we literally will make more money, the more efficient, more productive and more you know, if we focus on continuous improvement, what we focus on grows. And if we don't focus on it, we won't get yeah. the growth. Yeah. So yeah. much of what we have to do as organisations is keep headcount down. So how do we we grow what we have? And that's where you need the focus on on people who actually get us there. I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. The, the other side of that, you're right. In the industries that I've spent my life in everybody knows where they stand with the boss it's pretty straightforward yeah every now and again there's a weirdo like me but that's a different thing Um, (laughs) i went into one of my bosses along the way and told him i needed more work because i didn't have enough to do and if i didn't get enough work i was going to start leaving at noon and he said you can't do that have i told you this story I love, please, I love this one. <laughs> and so he, I started going home and he gave me more work. He called me in and gave me more work. And I, I did it a second time to him. And the, the, the thing that's interesting to me about that is I wonder how many employees feel that way. So many, Ron. So I know. many. I know. So many. And, and they're getting paid you know, money to work the hours, literally they say to me, I complete my job in, you know, on on a Monday 
And then for the rest of the week, I didn't have anything to do. I, I, I tell them that I've finished what I need to do and I need more work. And they say, oh, and they they don't give them more work. They just say, oh, just, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, there's so many people and, and you think of all that unrealised potential within organisations that's not being tapped into. It's such a waste of money and resources it's, it's, um, and it's not being addressed and, right now. No, it's all, and, I, and, and I agree, and I call it a waste of human capital. That's, that's a, a, a man or a woman yes. who typically would be married, have children, have a family, get involved in the community with churches or with schools or with sports or with music and various things. They're, they're talented people. And, and we're not tapping. We have no idea what they could do. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the, one of the pen that I worked with a lot Um we, we headcount seems to be the issue in a lot of cases, and it drives me crazy because the foundation's totally wrong. But he says, it's amazing to me. Every time I add a person in the parts department, my parts sales go up. I said, does that surprise you? He said, well, in a way it does. Well, you got more man hours, for goodness sake. How can it surprise you? You've been at this a long time. He said, I know, but it constantly amazes me. He said, I added 20 people last year and my sales went up $40 million. <laughs> well, isn't that wonderful? Why don't you hire another 20? Keep going. Mm-hmm. Why stop? Yes. And, and the reason that I get cranky about it is in 1980, when interest rates went up and inflation was killed in America with Reagan and Paul yes. Volcker, who headed the, the uh, Federal mm-hmm. Reserve. Australia, too. Well, all of the Western world, I'm going to say. Yeah. What happened was business adapted to the fact of interest costs going up in the quickest, easiest way that they could, which is to jettison a whole bunch of people. Yes. And at that time, industry created a new business model that determined that headcount in that environment was the right headcount. Mm-hmm. So we, we take the worst case scenario and put mm-hmm. that out as the platform of performance, which drives me crazy. And, and there's men and women that I work with that lead companies that still drive on those statistics. Yes. Yeah. And yet their current reality is a world apart from that. Could be as much as double what the sales per employee standards were. That's where they are now, and they're happier than clams because I'm I'm really doing well. Yeah, you're messing up customer service right, left, and center. Yes. Yeah. And the the you would think that if we had employee reviews, that the employees would be commenting on that. Either I don't have enough to do, or I've got way the hell too much to do or my teammates don't know what they're doing, you know, this tool doesn't work. We don't have those discussions. It's fear. They don't want to lose their jobs. Yeah. That's, yeah, and the, and, the, and the boss to some degree is fear also because this is how he's always done it and how he's used to it. And don't ask me to do something different. I don't know what that is. Yeah, recently... Um, went into a large pharmaceutical company and um yeah the hr person said to me 
everyone's got their head down. And um, I, I said, why is that? And they said, because the, when the CEO walks past, they don't want to look like they're not busy because they're not busy. Yeah. You know, and they're scared they're going to lose their jobs. I, I went There's to you. All this unrealized, untapped potential. And then I think more broadly in terms as a country and competitiveness and innovation, how are we harnessing that? How are we competing globally? If that's the way we work through fear, and you're, you're talking about using an old map to solve new problems, and then people are driven by the past, that's a very limiting um, it's a way, way of, of thinking. It's not very innovative. It's not very progressive. Innovation, we talk about it a lot, it's actually not that hard. It's actually looking at the problems we're facing with eyes wide open and working together to collaborate to solve these problems. You know, to provide better solutions to customers with the features and benefits that they actually want rather than what we think they should have. And that's a whole nother conversation from feedback from the field, you know, into engineers and new product development and into supply chain, how we source and all this all the things that we can do to, you know, have a product that the customer actually wants at a price that is the right price. And, you know, through through clever sort of sourcing and supply chain, there's so much that we don't do because we we limit ourselves in the way that we we think. We do things the way we, we've always done things. And that's that narrative that we tell ourselves and it, which comes from fear, from our experience from the past of the 80s or how things were. And, um, yeah, it makes it sort of um in that it doesn't get doesn't get talked about or addressed there actually needs to be systems and processes in organizations that allow conversations about how we do things better so let's a lot let's, of people don't even know what 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 it is that they're doing and why many, they're doing it. it yeah in many cases you know it, it's it's some fundamentals i don't know many businesses that have functional job descriptions and and take the term job descriptions away function descriptions what what does a person who sells parts do Mm -hmm. unless you've done Mm -hmm. the job people people don't know and even if you've done the job it's kind of a funny training cycle you get hired you're going to work with me i show you how to do the job we go through the traditional thing. We do that for two or three days. You're watching me. Then you do it. And I watch you and okay, keep doing that. And I'll check back with you. And da, 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 da. And you just do it faster and more accurately. And you're a star. Yeah. That's what they're rewarded for. And, and spare parts, as you know, it has a lot of untapped potential they're really an efficiency expert in having the right parts you know to the guys in the field to do the job so that they can be efficient and productive um, they have the opportunity to sell parts as well and so you should like high margin service and parts but they the way that they're um, measured um, is actually not to do their job well <laughs> It's about, it's about it's about quantity, not quality, isn't it? You you did seventy two orders last month. That's fantastic. Can you do that again? Uh, George over there, he only did sixty. Well, George's sixty. He added fifty percent to every transaction, exactly. and Paul seventy two. Exactly. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's so many. We we get lost. So then the other part of the 
job function description is yes. performance criteria. What mm -hmm. what is expected of you? And you know, it, it go back to Jack Welch when he came in and was chairman of General Electric and he got rid of the bottom 10% of the people. And everybody called him Neutron Jack and, oh, that's terrible. And he said, what's terrible is giving people positive performance reviews for 30 years mm. and at 50 years old, letting them go when they have the most debt in their lives. Kids are at college, they got a mortgage and they are too old to be rehired. That's mm. nasty. That's Absolutely. not being honest along the way, is it? Not at all. And that's something that's not being done very well also in preparing um, people for changes in technology within manufacturing, um, actually training people and the new skills that they need when our systems change rather than just look at redundancy or entrenchment. You know, we have a responsibility to, to train train our people in in um, in new ways of doing things. There's two, there seems to be two tracks coming at us. Uh, the employees leaving school go get a job and, and they kind of say, well, that's it. I've, I've, I've had the learning. I'm, I've got a job. Now we get onto the real life. And mm -hmm. companies hiring somebody who has skills for the particular job and, well, I don't need to do anything with that. And the world that those two groups live in is changing radically, almost an exponential curve. And to think that what you knew two years ago is going to do you well over the next two years is rather naive and innocent, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to have a growth mindset within an organization. It comes back to, to people. And our role is not just telling people what to do, but actually understanding the holistic person in terms of their their mind, uh, their mindset, um, and you know having some having conversations about learning. Are they open to learning? What do they enjoy about learning? How do we you know best grow this person to you know prepare them for change? I was doing a job in Moscow. And it's the only place that I ever experienced this. I have a, a standard question I ask people. What If you could wave a wand, is there anything about your job that you could change that would make it easier for you? Yeah. It's just a, you know, a, a standard, standard question. The man I asked it to had a master's degree, had been with the company for 15, 20 years, had a reasonably serious position in the company in leadership. And he looked up at me and says, don't ask me questions like that. Just tell me what you want me to do. Mm. And I thought to myself, I mean, that night, it, it didn't resonate right then, but that night it did. And I thought, yeah, how sad is that? You know, I'll park yeah. my mind at the door and go to work. I'll do whatever the hell you tell me. Don't ask me. Rather than, you know, we got to do this. And I'd like you to think about that and come back. How would you like to do that? What would be, how would you like to perform that, that task? And we got to be open to be able to do that. You know, it's, it, it's, if, if we could unleash the untapped potential of management and workers, mm -hmm. and I don't want to downsize the company, but we could do it with a whole heck of a lot less people at the current volume or keep the people and drive the hell out of the, the volume going up. Absolutely. 
And that's where I'm critical of my generation, the 55 to 75 year old, because they're more interested in self gain and protection than they are in continuity and succession. I deal with so many businesses where 80% of the people are over the age of 60 years old and there's nobody in line to take their place. And that's stunning. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we, we have all these things, you know, you know, we have assessments on you that we used to dealers are using to evaluate new hires. Yes. They're using it for annual reviews. They're using it for salary and wage and they're using it for career path. And I'm I'm trying to get everybody to have a performance review using our assessments every year. And everybody says, well, you just want the, the money. It's 125 bucks an assessment. There's 100 people that would take the assessment as 12 grand. That's a lot of money. Well, the $12,000 mm-hmm. is nothing compared Absolutely. to what you unleash with those 100 people. Yes. And the opportunity cost of not doing it. That's the that's the real penalty. Mm-hmm. People leaving the job, people staying in the job and doing half a job. We could have had two people, you know, doing. Yeah, I had a long chat today with somebody who whose job is recruiting people, and he says, "You wait till this pandemic impact is gone." Yes, you're going to see people changing companies like you have never seen before. Like you've never seen before. It's already starting. I agree. It's already starting. They want to align themselves with organizations which um, are aligned with their personal values, vision, mission. That's 100% what they're saying. And the other thing they're saying is I'm being paid a bunch of money to do a job that I'm like, it takes me 50% of the week to do. or They're not being stretched or challenged. They're going to a job that pays them less, that works them harder, that challenges them more, that's more aligned with them than stay in the cushy job. They don't want the cushy job. They want the challenge. They want to be part of something. And they're leaving. They're, and they're long-term employees. Yeah. I the, the characterization that I heard once that really resonated with me is employees want people want to do something worthwhile. You mentioned it earlier. You want to make a mark in your life. You don't want to just get born and die and leave and, oh, that's good. He's a bunch of dust, you know. (laughs) Remember George, boy, oh, boy, was he something else, you know. It's it's true. It's true. It's It's so true. true. It's It's so true. This is is a mission that is, I'm becoming quite, (laughs) quite passionate about getting this thing done, getting everybody a performance review. I never had one as an employee, not once. Oh, Ron. And I asked every year. And my last boss was the vice president of finance. His name was Herb Mitchell. He, he's since passed, so I can talk about him. And every year I'd go in and say I wanted a review. And I was running data processing mm-hmm. is what it was called in those days, IT today. Yes. And he said, did you get more money? I said, yeah. He said, well, that's your performance. You get out of here. That's the kind of guy he was. And I said, well, that doesn't do it for me. I need you to help me. What do I need to do to get better? He said, go away, literally. Wow. So I quit and went to another company. It was in Quebec. The Quebec government got elected that wanted to separate from Canada. So there was going to be disruption and, and challenges. And we had a young baby and 
I decided, my wife and I decided we're getting out of here for, for security and, and future. So I go into him and I tell him, well, here's your performance review. I'm leaving. Mm, yes. I gave the biggest yes. mistake I made in my life. I gave him 60 days. And in that period of time, hmm. and, and this is kind of cute. They offered me double the salary, a vehicle, and a country club membership to stay. Yes. And I didn't. That really bothered them. And my wife, Marlene, said to me, Ron, all they're trying to do is buy your butt. I yeah, said, I, I, I agree. But think of that. Lots of people sell their soul for yeah. a period of time. For yeah, a period of time. That's exactly right. There's a there's a beginning, but there's also an end. That's yeah. that famous old song, right? I owe my <laughs> soul to the company store. 16 tons, and what do I get? Another day older and yeah. deeper in debt. <laughs> It's it's um, so so we 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 end up having a bunch of people now that are enlightened that know how to conduct a performance review. Mm -hmm. The stretch goals that you talk about, who should set those? Should the employees set those, or should the the leader set those, or should that be a combination, or what? Any idea? Yeah, if we leave it up to the employee, it's very rare that they'll set the stretch for them and they may not know what the stretch is, um, whereas the CEO, the manager, the leaders, that they definitely know what the stretch is because they know what their three- or five-year plan is and the areas where they need to see growth and where they're going to invest. So if that can then flow through to um, the managers and their conversations in the performance reviews on in the next sort of two to three years we expect to grow in this area, this is the opportunity within your role and the part that you can play in it. Are you willing to do a bit of extra training or, or do this or do that? So it's really a combination of both. But the top three things that you discuss in that review really should link back to the CEO's strategy you know, having that focus means that you're going to achieve it. That that linkage has to be there and it needs to be collaborative. And that's when sometimes you get into this mindset of the employee, um, you know, either is or, or isn't open to to stretching. And then that's a sometimes a conversation that's better to have HR there or to have that follow-up conversation after the performance review. Um about getting them to the training or what it is that they need to do to stretch. Because, well, it, it, you know, they have, it's been a little while, right? They've been comfortable. They've been in their comfort zone. So that's where the psychology and HR can really, you know, work with the manager to, to make sure that happens. So I'm, I'm going to push it up the hill a little bit further, that the, yeah. an, the annual review needs to be a follow-up to a statement by the corporation as to what we're doing, where we're yes. going. Absolutely. And that's, okay, here's our goals in the next three to five years. Here's our thinking and plans over the next three to five years. It's going to require a lot of effort from a lot of you. And we seriously need your help and input as to how you think we should proceed to get that all accomplished. And I would ask each of you in your performance review with your boss to seriously have a discussion about what you would like to see happen. Yeah. It's if we started that way, 
that changes the whole thing. Absolutely. And then we feel part of a team that we're all in it together. We're part of something bigger and, wow, what we can create and celebrate. Imagine that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, there's something very topical with one of the best football soccer players ever, oh, Lionel Sporting Messi, Sporting. right? Yeah, definitely. And he, at the age of 13, left Argentina, went to Barcelona, and now he's going to Paris because his team is so far in debt, they can't afford to have his salary, even when he took a pay cut of 50%. Now, I will guarantee you something right now. The World Cup, the next time it is won, will be won by Paris Saint-Germain with Lionel Messi on that team. Now, that's the impact of an employee. Now I'm using one illustration and there's very few of him, but there's hims and hers in every damn organization that have untapped excellence to offer us. And they're just waiting for somebody to ask them to do it. It's a very interesting question that you've come to because that unlocking of potential, I mean, you're talking about the sporting field, a friend of mine's doing a, a PhD on um, female participation in sport. And in Australia, in AFL, our, our football game, there's no female coaches, yet we have a women's league. Um, so the PhD is on that the performance of, of women is different to men. So therefore, we need coaching staff that are female because you know, they understand uh, certain things about performance for a woman and their motivators and their drivers com- and their experience compared to, to men. And it's not around male or female. It's just about unlocking potential. That's, yeah. that's what the conversation is about. It, it ends up being a discussion about male and female or different races <laughs> or different classes yes. or whatever. It has nothing to do with that. It's an excuse not to tackle it, isn't it? Spot on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to go deeper into the unlocking of potential. It's not about race. Or, I, yeah. I, had, I had a bunch of coaches as a younger person. And one of them was a man from Scotland whose name was Dick Gall. And I was, and still am, a sensitive person, although that might be a shock to a lot of people to hear. But Dick didn't give a hoot what kind of people he had that he was coaching. (laughs) He applied the same plan to everybody. Yes. And it didn't work with me. And he was on my case like you wouldn't believe. Well, fate has a funny way of twisting things. Dick ended up working for me about six, seven years later. And I put him through the ringer like you have no idea. (laughs) What a lesson. (laughs) And he said, why are you doing this to me? I said, I need you to think about why I'm doing this to you. And he he finally figured it out. And he came back to me and he says, I only had one way of doing things, Ron. I don't know how to do it any other way. And I said, well, at least you acknowledge the penalty, the, the, the problem that you have. But it's not about you, my friend. It's about the audience that you're working with. You have to be a chameleon. You have to be what that audience wants and needs you to be. If they want you to be hard, you have to be hard. If they want you to be soft, you need to be soft. It's not you. It's them. It's a funny circumstance. It's not a one one size fits all. 
we we try and do that though, isn't it? We the one size fits all. I'm on a real mission, and and you and I have talked about. It. I'd really love for your next blog to be about the year end review. I'm going to write one. We're going to post this in another week or so. And I, I really want to put a big push on towards the, the fourth quarter of this calendar year mm. to get more and more people sensitized to doing performance reviews. So anything and everything that you can think of on that. And if you need to go beyond our, our word limit, you know, we can have two or three steps or sure. five steps, whatever you've, you've seen that out there. I, I believe this is one of the most critical elements that business has overlooked through my work life. Absolutely. It, and I agree with you. I think we're wasting a lot of human capital. People that could be really high, high impact performers that don't know it. You know, it's uh, like in, in Africa, the number system is one too many, many. If you can, if you can come up with somebody that knows number theory, get the guy a PhD. The fact that he yes. doesn't have access to education shouldn't have anything to do with it. But yes. the boss needs to lead the parade, has to set the tone. This is where we're trying to go this year, next year, whatever, and communicate that. I call it communication and cascading. So the boss yes. makes the statement and all of the other leaders subsequent to that cascade that same message down through the organization and up through the organization backwards. If really? we could get that done, imagine the possibilities. Being, yeah, being credible. We could do everything that we do um, as an organization, um, but actually more efficiently make more money essentially yeah. And provide better products that the market actually wants. It's I was speaking to um I was speaking to a product manager who said um they're actually being told not to be innovative and provide what the customer wants. Because it's just about tendering and the best price and about manufacturing in a low-cost country, but they're not actually producing products that the customer wants and they're not really differentiating. So that's why it becomes just a price war. Um, yeah, more more needs to be done about having that that conversation to unlock the potential and harness new ideas. I mean, using IT is 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 a good way of scaling that as well. And there's a lot of a lot of great apps and um, that are, like Strat apps is a is a great app that's being used. It's a collaborative workspace that does all of that, very low cost um, to really to capture that. So it's using tech as well, along with systems and processes, because um, it's scalable, easy to apply. Um, that will help unlock the potential. Hopefully this the current struggles to come out of the pandemic and the, let me call it the Western world again, most of the world is, is struggling to get the 5% vaccination rate because they haven't got enough money to pay for the vaccines. But yeah. For for the Western world that has the capacity and the money to, to make those things happen, hopefully this 18-month period has forced a lot of people to reevaluate how they do things. Mm-hmm. And it might not be fresh eyes or old eyes, but it's a fresh circumstance. It's a fresh scenario that gives them the opportunity to it's it's a brand new deal. So maybe that'll energize them and, and 
reno renovate them, rejuvenate them is the better word. Yeah. But, but we got we to gotta get leadership turned mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. So anything and, and everything you lost, do, go they've ahead. They've lost their way. They've lost their way. I believe that's true. I believe that's true. I've been so busy in the pandemic firefighting, operationally with all the changes that they're fatigued, that they're tired. What I've um, said to people is you get back to work, now it's over, da, 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 there's a sigh of relief, and now I can go back to what I was doing before. Yes. Never to happen. It's not going to happen. No. So let's let's round the circle there and say that we've we've provoked enough, I think, thinking. <laughs> um, yes. Thanks, Ron. Any any closing comments or thoughts you want to put out there? Look forward to write the next um, yeah performance review. That's where it starts. It's foundational. It's important. Um, yeah, and thank you for the opportunity, Ron. Well, it's thank good. you, thank you, Sonia, and and thank Great. those. Thank those of you that have been listening to this candid conversation. Mahalo. Look forward to talking with you again soon on another subject. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. Should you have any thoughts or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com. The time is now. Mahalo.